When will there be a cure for diabetes? Who decides medicine prices? How are vaccines made? Do you have questions about the healthcare industry? Welcome to 19 Conversations. Today we're asking Mariano Vota, who is director of the Active Citizenship Network, and Michel Stoffel, Vice President, Head of Europe Region, Global Regulatory Affairs at GSK Vaccines, will vaccines for COVID-19 be safe? I'm Jackie Davis. Thank you for joining our conversation. Let's start our discussion with the state of play in the search for a vaccine. And Michelle, perhaps I could turn to you first. Where are we in the search for a vaccine? We keep hearing some people saying it's round the corner. Some say we'll have one by Christmas. Then we hear others saying it won't be for another year or even potentially not until Christmas 2021. What's the truth? Where are we in this search? Okay, so, I mean, briefly, uh, as, as everybody has heard, you see in the media, so there are different vaccines which are in development, different companies are progressing into the development of their own vaccine or in collaboration with universities or smaller companies. We have seen from the news as well that uh, there are already three vaccines who have reached the phase three. So basically the largest uh, efficacy trials to demonstrate the safety and efficacy of vaccines. And the others will follow. So it's just a question of few months, but the others are progressing well as well and are following. The key question is, when can we expect to have marketing authorization, meaning the review and uh, approval uh, by European regulators. Um, so the question, um, I think, is still, you see, a work in progress, I would say. Yeah. It's, it's a bit premature to give an exact date. But I think that the most reasonable assumption today is to say that the first vaccines will probably be approved by regulatory agencies, the European regulatory agencies, into the first half of 2021. The first half. And can I ask, I mean, although, as I say, some people saying, come on, come on, we need it now. This is quite remarkable because normally, as I understand it, it takes something like a decade to develop a new vaccine, to trial it, to test it and get to market authorization. And yet here we are talking about a matter of months, maybe a year. How have we managed to get this far this quickly? Okay, so it's it's an excellent question, uh, and and many people are asking the same question. You know, usually when we are developing vaccines, uh, what we are doing as industries conducting trials step by step. So we are um, first evaluating the the safety uh, in a very small uh, trial, which is called the phase one trial. Then we are moving to a phase two if the results of the phase one are positive. And if the results of the phase two are good, then we are moving to the large uh, phase three trial. All of this is taking time. Um, and it's a way for industry also to manage the risk in terms of investment. You see, the way it's done normally, uh, we do it step by step so that we can stop if the results are not good and uh, do not invest too much at risk keeping in mind that the development of vaccines are particularly uh, expensive and, and complex. In this case, of course, it's a really unique situation. And so what we are doing is basically to accelerate the whole normal process and the idea is to reduce as much as possible the interval between studies or even conduct some studies in parallel so that we can save time. So that's 
the, the industry perspective. But what is also important to note is that, of course, we have to work with regulatory authorities because they uh, have the accountability for the conduct of clinical trials on their territory or for the assessment of the dossier at the end. And what we see is that everyone is really committed. And we see that authorities are themselves putting dedicated resources. They are accelerating the process. So usually we takes, you see, weeks or months before we get the agreement to launch a trial. All of this is really, really reduced thanks to the very good collaboration uh, of, of all players. And just before I bring Mariano into the conversation, this always raises the concern when you talk about speed and doing things at pace in this way. The concern, is there a risk that patient safety could be compromised because of the undoubted urgency, the speed at which you're working? What safeguards are in place at the moment to make sure that in our desperation to get this vaccine and get it to market and make sure people can access it, that we don't somehow put patient safety at risk. How do you reassure people? And Mariano, I'd like you then to come in on that point too. Yes. From our perspective, a citizen's organization involved to identify the health as a common good, uh, we identify a high discrepancy between the high attention of the citizens in order to, to know the, the progress of the research in order for the development of a new vaccine uh, COVID-19, but also the less level of concrete engagement of the citizens. Mm. When we have, when we read uh, also the articles uh, on the newspaper, etc., according to me, it's, it's important to identify the correct languages. 200 laboratories across the world started to research, to develop, okay, it looked like the gold rush, but in this context, we have to underline that it's a safety rush. So in this, in the framework of the World Safety Patients Day, we have to extremely underline the relevance that all the efforts are realized in the framework of high quality standard. This is mm -hmm. crucial. Another example of, according to me, uh, not correct languages, when we talk about uh, how to beat about three different typology of vaccine. We don't have to beat about the vaccine. We have to follow the scientific uh, uh, society, the research, uh, to identify concrete solution. Also, mm. the, num the, the name used by the Russian vaccine, Sputnik the fifth, is, it looks like the space race. But probably, if we don't use the correct word, we lose the trust. And mm. this is the high risk for each one of us. Mm. And, and should we be reassured or alarmed, Michelle, uh, by the decision, the announcement last week uh, that the trials conducted by Oxford University and AstraZeneca, for example, were being paused because in one patient there had been a potential adverse reaction. That pause now has ended. The trials are back on. Some people say, well, you see, we're doing this too fast. Others saying, no, this proves the system works. Who's right about that? Uh, and, and how should we read that decision to pause? Okay, so in, in my view, it's it's really the good example, you see, that it's working. Uh, it's, it's, it's a normal good practice when we run large uh, trials with vaccines to have an independent committee monitoring the safety 
uh, of, of patients which are enrolled in the clinical trial. Mm -hmm. And this committee has the right, has the power to put on hold the study if they estimate that some investigations are needed. So in my view, what uh, we have heard about the AstraZeneca trial is just reflecting the normal good okay. practices. Uh, but Mariano, we don't know much about why the trial was paused and we don't know what made them feel satisfied that they could resume. Is this an example where the process may be working, but perhaps some of the transparency that will help the public to have trust in that process may be missing? How do you react uh, to what happened there? That the transparency, but also the accountability is a key. It's a key for all the actors, the producers, the developers, but also the, the authority at last, but not least, including WHO. That is extremely relevant that each one have to uh, be much more uh, accountable in front of the, the citizens. And uh, only if we guarantee high level transparency, accountability, a part of the respect of the protocol guidelines, etc., we can uh, reduce the skepticism that in some part of the world will still uh, identify when we talk about the vaccine. And what would that accountability look like in practice? In practice, just an example, I started to say that 200 laboratories started to develop, etc. Probably on voluntary basis, we could uh, collect uh, in uh, just one uh, website uh, produced by WHO, produced by the ECDC, the, the, the technical agency dealing with uh, vaccine coverage, in order to provide correct information according who are the producers, what is the state of the heart, who are the, the ones who support also with economic resources this research, etc. So to uh, provide correct information is the precondition to guarantee that the citizens are the elements to better identify what is uh, uh, correct for their, their health. We strongly believe on vaccine. This is uh, crucial for, to, to underline the, this point. Um, and we encourage all the actors uh, to increase the demand of transparency and accountability coming from the, the civil society as a whole. Thank you. And I come back to that point in a minute, but just to finish uh, in terms of the delivery of these, this vaccine, and then we'll come to the public acceptance, the citizen engagement issues that Mariano is raising so clearly there. Uh, but Michelle, in terms of manufacturing, We've talked about how long it's going to take and what we have to do in order to get to a market-approved vaccine. But in the meantime, I believe a lot of work is going on in the industry to already scale up manufacturing capacity, to be ready, even though some of these vaccines may not be approved. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening there and link to that? Again, how do we assure the quality in manufacturing when we're going to be doing it at such scale and at such speed as soon as a vaccine is approved. Okay, so in terms of um, scale-up, um, if you want um, the amount of doses which can be uh, produced, you see, by an individual manufacturer in a period of time, there is certainly a lot of effort from all uh, manufacturers today. So what, what we see, uh, and, and we discussed that in the trade association, everyone is looking at all the possibilities which are existing in their own company or uh, by using external 
capacity. So uh, as you know, there are contract manufacturing organizations which can also help with the production of vaccines. And so the idea is basically to use all the possibilities in order to produce the COVID-19 vaccines at the largest possible scale in the shortest period of time. So, and it means that we need to start the production now, I would say at risk before we have the data coming from uh, the phase three trial. So, which means that potentially, if we cannot, for instance, show the efficacy of the vaccine, the production will have been uh, done for nothing. Okay, so that's a risk that everyone is ready to take. We have no choice. Otherwise, it will take years before we have enough doses to cover the demand. In terms of quality, so you will say, if we are producing, no, how can we answer the quality? As for any products, we will need to submit into the regulatory dossier a section describing exactly what we are doing in terms of manufacturing process, how we are controlling okay. the quality of the product. This will be assessed independently by regulators and based on the information provided, they will grant a marketing authorization taking into account all the quality elements that we have described. Mm. On top of that, and I think it's important because it's also reassuring um, as a vaccine industry in Europe, we have already started the discussion with the network of uh, laboratories which are performing independent tests and which are depending on uh, the member states, the governments, and they clarified that they will test each lot of vaccines as they do for any other okay. vaccine. You so see, so that's an independent testing as well, which is performed. So I think people can really be reassured about the quality of vaccines, even if we start the production today. Okay. But Mariano, let me come back to this question of public acceptance, because scientists estimate that at least 60% of the public are going to have to take up the vaccine once it's available for it to be effective, for, for it to have that preventative effect for the population as a whole. What for you, you've already talked a little bit about that citizen engagement in the process, what for you is the absolute key if we're going to get public acceptance? Because we see the Lancet Medical Journal in the UK published a survey. In some countries, generally in the last five years, we've seen an increasing confidence in vaccines. In some countries, including the US, we've seen a falling confidence. What for you is the key to vaccine confidence and to countering the anti-vaxxers, as it were? First of all, uh, probably it is much more relevant to, to engage the ones according to the intermediate bodies, citizens' association, patients' advocacy groups that are uh, interested to increase the vaccine coverage and uh, to identify their role. And we can uh, uh, provide some, some concrete example. Uh, during the pandemic, at least in my country, in Italy, uh, we have produced a civic information in order to identify the state of the heart of the vaccine center that was closed because of the pandemic. Now, in order to avoid, again, the vaccination services, the vaccination center could be closed again for an another pandemic, mm -hmm. we have to identify the, some concrete needs that all the population has uh, underlined during this period. So to provide information for them, mm -hmm. to provide uh, homogeneous uh, also um, guideline for each context. And in our country, for instance, it was a very, uh, very high the discrepancy between region and region. Uh, a, a part of that, uh, we can also identify new solution 
probably to identify for the uptake take of, of, of vaccine, not only the, the COVID-19 vaccine, but in general, when we talk about vaccination, yeah. we have to uh, split the, the message from just one vaccine and to identify the new vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine, in the framework of vaccination management. In this context, we probably have a, a role in order to identify external vaccination setting in order to avoid what we have already said, to enrich the category of the health professionals potentially authorized to submit, submit vaccines, etc. To anticipate the flu vaccination campaign, because it's probably also for my interest as an elderly people, etc., etc. Et so there so are it's groups like yours and it's patient groups and so on who really have to get this message out. So you've answered in a sense my who needs to do what, but you talked earlier about transparency and accountability. And on that point, Michelle, uh, in terms of the transparency issue, um, do you believe even more can be done? And what things do we need to be transparent about? You've talked about the trials process. You've talked about the manufacturing process. Uh, what do we need to share? And do you think enough of that's being done already, fairly briefly, if you would. Yes, so I, I fully agree, transparency is absolutely key. Um, and I think the good news is that we have seen that the European Medicine Agency has already announced that they will take appropriate measures to increase the level of transparency as compared to what they do normally. And so for instance, the European Public Assessment Report, which is basically the document which explains how regulators have reached the conclusions that the product can be put on the market, can be distributed in Europe. So they have said that this document will be published on their website within three days after the marketing authorization, which, which, which is absolutely, you see, a record. Uh, and I think this kind of initiatives taking, taken by authorities will play a critical role because people, if they are interested, if they have doubts, they can look at these documents, see what are the data and how regulators build their decision. Okay. Um, and just one other question. Uh, Mariano, who decides at the end of all this? Who gets the vaccine first? Which groups? Which regions of the world? There is an intense race to develop the vaccine. And we hear lots of talks about governments trying to make sure they secure batches. But do you think that should be a matter for um, governments? Should it be a matter for groups like your citizen groups and patient groups to be involved in that conversation? Is it a matter for industry or is it let them produce it and others decide? Briefly, if you would. I work for a citizen's organization that started in order to reduce health inequalities. And this is exactly what uh, uh, we worried in order to and this is the message, we have to work together to avoid first and second class citizens. We can explain, we have to, to co-decide that there are some categories and it is impossible that, uh, that at the same time, all the citizens can, be, can receive vaccine. But we have to explain the reason, the criteria. Only in this case, we can accept. Mm. But if we are not involved, if there is, a, uh, there is not a participatory process, at least in the communication tailored for target group. Then it won't be accepted by anyone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. yeah. Michelle, a very brief thought to that, if you would. Does industry need to be involved in that conversation or not? It's the final decision. No. I think it's the whole of industry. 
is to produce products of quality, which are safe and efficacious, produce what is needed to cover the demand and be transparent about what we can produce so that people who are making recommendations can uh, take the element of availability of vaccines into their considerations. But it's not up to industry to decide who should be vaccinated and when. Yeah. One very final question to both of you. Um, when you're thinking about this challenge, what keeps you awake? What worries you most as we pursue this search for the vaccine, as we hope to hear good news very soon? Uh, what is the thing that worries you most? And overall, uh, are you pessimistic about the chances that a vaccine is going to be the answer to this pandemic? Or are you optimistic that we will get a solution and that these issues we've spent the last 20 minutes discussing will be resolved in a way that really attracts broad public acceptance, broad take up? Um, for each of you, Mariano first, what keeps you awake and how optimistic are you? I believe in the resilience that is a value for the society. So the, the, we have to adapt in a positive way in order to overcome difficult uh, uh, situation. At the same time, we have to uh, identify coherence by the authorities, coherence by all of us. If we are talking today, now, on vaccine, we are vaccination, we are talking about prevention. Prevention mm -hmm. is the Cinderella of health expenditure in our budget. So what is uh, the something have to change also in the decision in order to increase in the agenda the prevention as a something that is extremely relevant for the society. So not okay. just to uh, overcome this problem and then to not uh, rethink what are our priorities. And are you confident that given the urgency of this challenge that will be done in a word? Are you confident or not? I'm confident and I want to say that the vaccine are a global common good. The vaccination is a citizen's right. In this context, no one has to be excluded in the decision Absolutely. and in the uh, access. Thank you. Uh, Michelle, what keeps you awake at night? What worries you most uh, as we continue the search? And how confident are you that we'll answer all these difficult questions and get there sooner rather than later? Okay. So um, what keeps me awake at night? I mean, it's simple. There so many things you see still to do before we get the marketing authorization. Um, <clears throat> it's basically um, a question of organization, of um, anticipation, you see, and we must make sure that everything is put in place on time as it should be. I mean, just give an example, post-marketing surveillance um, is, is critical. We must make sure that we discussed with authorities, we get an agreement on the measures to be taken to monitor the safety of the vaccines once they reach, reach the market and everything is implemented before the start of the vaccination campaign. So it's just an example, but a lot is still to be done. Am I optimistic? I would say yes, I am. Um, however, I think it's important to keep in mind that the best vaccine has no value if it's not used. Yeah. And so it's very, very important, you see, that we reach an agreement uh, uh, an ob as an objective that a high proportion of the population accepts to be vaccinated. And I think it's the responsibility of everybody to make sure that we reach that objective. On that note, 
I would like to thank you both very much uh, for taking part in this conversation, for your interesting and challenging uh, comments on where we are now and where we are going. Thank you all very much for listening to 19 Conversations. If you like this podcast, please click on the subscribe button to be the first to know when we release our next episode. And please leave a rating and review. And until our next episode, we invite you to join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag questions inspire solutions. Goodbye.